has landed all where. I would like to first apologize for starting tonight's broadcast a full 15 minutes later than expected. I was delayed by one of the tires on my car being mercilessly slashed by God knows who. Well, the writer's strike didn't stop when I thought it would. Seems to just keep on going on. I have no idea what they want, but let me be clear. I'm not going to pay them more. I'm not going to give them any form of insurance. I don't know why they'd be asking me for that in the first place. And they will never, never be getting any credit for any of the stories that they claim they have contributed to on my slandered all way. And just to prove once again how little I need them, I will be delighting you all with another one of my stories. Because I know it is my responsibility to nourish you and your minds like the little lambs, the tiny, helpless, fat-ankled babes you all are. Not unlike my great-grand-nephew Max. Naming a child Max. What kind of low-life softy dooms a child to be a low-life softy by cursing him with a name like Max? No, that woman was never any good. This boy will never live up to much. My word, if he's anything like his father, he won't live much of a life at all. And if he's anything like his mother, he'll remarry a construction magnate and move away, leaving him in my care. But for one brief summer, at my Lake Winnebago mansion, surrounded by its sprawling, foggy, and utterly silent grounds, perfect for inspiring panic in a growing young mind, the perfect mixture of fortune and fear to mold this boy into a man. And thankfully for us all, he is here with me tonight, and I'll be reading him this story as he drifts off to sleep, and you drift deeper down the winding ways of this land at Allway. It is a story my own mother told me shortly before I went off to Archbishop Boniface II's school for boys. And I was not much older than you are, Max, but far, far younger than any other child sent away there. Once upon a time, deep in the black forest of the Duchy of Württemberg, lived a beautiful young maiden who, of course, was cursed by God when he saw her vanity, to be a cruel and ugly witch. She would spend all day making candy as witches do, until his skin turned a sickening candy apple green. Disgraced and disgusted by her newfound visage, she secreted herself away, even deeper, into the black forest, and built herself a cottage of candy. So beautiful was it, that many came to see it, and some even felt that her true beauty was her skill and artistry. Then some townies showed up and called her names like Ugly Green Witch and Disgusting Old Lady Witch and that which hurt most of all, Old Barren Childless Woman. 
Remember that one, Max. That's called the theme. Loss would be an example of a theme in your own life. So heard was she by the words that she moved deeper still into the black forest. A place so treacherous and isolated that only small children could possibly wander by. Here she built yet another, slightly better, candy log cabin. Time went on, and by and by, she made more and more delicious chocolate tiles to replace those eroded by the rain, a basic housekeeping task when your house is made of candy. Dusting, mind you, was a nightmare. And don't get me started on the mold, or I'll be here all night. Anyway, one day, two starving children somehow got enough bread together to waste it making a trail. Two naughty, awful children who forgot that children are to be neither seen nor heard. Two children who maybe, I don't know, got into Great Uncle's pipe collection and left tobacco and ash all over the place. More specifically, all over the table. More specifically, in the ashtray. To be specific as possible, I noticed that you nudged the ashtray, Maxwell. Anyway, to return to the story, the witch spied these children and began to fear that she would once again hear the insult that only children are clever enough to hurl at an already downtrodden stranger. She tried to imagine what they might say. She thought long and hard, and then said, Why bother hurting myself like that? They probably haven't even noticed the garish candy house I live in. It was at that moment she noticed the boy, a young Hansel, nibbling at the cotton candy florets on her Corinthian columns, and the girl, Gretel, licking the doorknobs, which were made of brass. Hey, children, cried the witch. You know I've got candy that isn't bought at my house. Really, said the boy. The girl melted a hole in the door, using just the warmth of her hand, and said, pointing at the oozing cream filling inside, You mean this junk? No, said the witch. But I guess you're in anyway, so have at it. What the children didn't know was that because the witch made a house of candy, and therefore candy was her wood, naturally it would follow that wood was her candy, making vegetables her cutlery and children her deli meat to be sliced and stacked like so much pastrami. It goes on, but I'll cut to the chase. She finds them and feeds them and feeds them. They get lulled into a sense of trust and then lulled into a cage where she held them like prized hogs. It was the trust that did them in, Maxwell. Never, never trust. Not even me. Hansel, being the clever of the two, held out a stick for the witch to grab, because this witch judged weight based on fingers for some reason. I'm not sure how it all worked, but this was how my mother told me it happened, and you better not be calling me a liar, Maxwell. Then, I'm pretty sure 
the witch decides to just eat them anyway, right? And then, hmm, I think somehow the witch ends up being in the oven instead of the kids. How do you think that happened? Well, naturally, I would assume then that the children then ate her. And if that isn't wrong, then what did anyone do wrong? And what did anyone do to deserve this? That's a special kind of theme called a moral. It's what a story is really about. Well, good night, Maxwell. You've only got a few days left with me before I send you off to God knows where. And to you, listeners, until that picket line closes, it's just me. I'm not going anywhere, because I know how to negotiate. Good night, and pleasant nightmares. Thank you.